0: They're following Ezekiel. Uh, And in this this chapter, and we're not going to read the whole story, but what happens is Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, very significant. So he calls together all the wise men of the Chaldeans. And, and you know, Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they are there. They have been promoted into the upper ranks of Babylonian society. Uh, And Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and says, uh, and the, and the, the wise men of the Chaldeans, they say, okay, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebi, uh, O king, they probably didn't call him Nebi because that would have got him killed, uh, but said, O king, uh, just tell us the dream and, uh, and hey, we'll, we'll interpret it for you. And Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, no, that's not the deal. I want you to tell me both the dream and the interpretation, and that's how I'll know that you're really talking and everybody goes, oy ve. Well, they didn't say oy ve. I don't know what the Babylonians said. The Jewish people would have said maybe Oive, but the Babylonians said, oh no, uh, we're dying, uh, and that's it. Uh, and then Daniel said, hey, don't sweat. He prayed, and he got the dream and the interpretation, and uh, everybody's lives are saved. At least he and his friends are saved, and so hallelujah. That's really great. But Daniel says something. He prays something here that's very significant in chapter 2, verses 20 to 23, that really apply for where we are and how we prepare for change. Uh, And so let's pray before we read. Gracious God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is trustworthy and true. And I pray, Lord, that you'd speak faith into our hearts and faith into our lives right now as we read your word. And I pray your Holy Spirit would empower me to proclaim your word to your people today, Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Starting with verse 20. Um, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Um, one of the really challenges that we, we all face uh, when, we, when we face change, I mean, none of us really like change. Uh, in fact, it's a universal uh, rule of thumb, true of every culture, people of every culture around the world. Uh, there's something called loss aversion. And that is, most people are more concerned about what they will lose than what they might gain. And so people tend to make decisions based on avoiding loss more so than they make decisions on accomplishing gain. But, and that means that in most places, they resist change. Uh, I, you know, the great old joke about uh, many old churches uh, is uh, they'd ask, you know, how many church people does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is, hey, We're not going to change that light bulb. My grandma gave that light bulb because they don't like change. Uh, Churches have split over the color of carpet. Uh, And this is not only with Christians. I, I mean, it's with people everywhere. People don't like change. And the only time people tend to change is when it's forced upon them. I mean, think about university education. Why do universities do exams? And and almost every university I know of does exams, or they do papers that you have to write. And you say, why? It's because students will not be motivated to change, to learn, unless they are forced into it. Unless you think, okay, I'm an older adult now, and, uh, and, and so that's great. I'm different because I'm more mature. It's not true. Most of us don't learn, don't grow unless we're put in a place where we're forced to do it. Uh, it's very hard to do it otherwise. Uh, and this means that many people and certainly societies, cultures will not change unless they're forced to do so. One of the things we learn about pandemics, if you study pandemics throughout history, and I've done a little bit of study now on pandemics throughout history. But one of the things you learn is that pandemics historically, especially the, big, the top 10, uh, which by the way, COVID is not in the top 10, but the top 10 pandemics of history, like the Spanish flu, uh, forces change on the world. And there's change that comes in the wake of every major pandemic, societal change, not just individual change. Uh, And that's a historic reality. Pandemics tend to be the kind of things that force change on society. And now COVID coming into the world as it has is forcing change on our world. It's forcing our world to change. It's forcing our governments to change, uh, sometimes in good ways, but not always. It's forcing our economies to change. Um, You know, and I've preached on that. And if you haven't listened to those sermons uh, from, uh, uh, I think, the 17th and the 24th of May, I encourage you to do that uh, because I feel like they're very, very important sermons. Uh, But COVID is bringing about change and we're entering a time of global change. So how do we prepare for the change that's already here and the change that is coming, especially because we don't know exactly what's coming? We don't know exactly what is going to change. We don't know. We can't see you. I, I don't know what the economy is going to be six months from now. I don't know what the UK government will be six months from now. Uh, I don't know what the, the US government, I mean, we got a, in the US that has a big election this year, a presidential election uh, in uh, about six months or less than six months now, five months away. Uh, who's going to win? We don't know. We don't know these things. So how do we prepare for change when we don't know anything, when we don't don't understand everything, we can't foresee everything? Uh, How do we prepare for change? One of the primary ways that we prepare for change is to learn to trust God's sovereignty. Learn to trust God's sovereignty. I love this quote. Uh, from Scottish preacher Samuel Rutherford, who said something like, my faith rests on a bed of God's sovereignty. Now, as Christians, one of the most fundamental truths about God is that God is sovereign. There is no God who is sovereign except God. Uh, God doesn't give up any of His sovereignty, even when God allows us to to freely choose things as Christians, you know what? God is not surrendering His sovereignty. God is absolutely sovereign, and any understanding of God that rejects or minimizes the sovereignty of God is grievous error, if not desperate heresy any theology that minimizes the sovereignty of God. The reality that God created the world, that God sustains the world, uh, that God knows the past, that God knows the future, uh, that God doesn't change because he doesn't have to. uh, These are all wrapped up in the idea of God's sovereignty. And God is completely transcendent From his creation. Uh, In other words, if the universe as we know it would cease to exist right at this instant, God would still exist. Because God is transcendent, He is beyond the creation, even though He is intimately involved in the creation. So He is with us, He is imminent with us right now, but He is also transcendent. And God is not challenged, His sovereignty is not challenged by our stupidity. His sovereignty is not challenged by our sin. His sovereignty is not challenged by the bad mistakes we make or the good things we do. We don't add anything by doing good to God's sovereignty. So I hope I'm communicating this very clearly. This is a fundamental reality of God and anyone who rejects this or minimizes this is in grievous error or actually in heresy. They've departed from the faith uh, because this is so central to the reality of who God is. Uh, God doesn't need us. He wants to have fellowship with us, but he doesn't need to have fellowship with us. He's completely satisfied in himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, but he chooses because he's a God of love as well. But we need to understand God's sovereignty. And it's so important that this is what uh, Daniel's entire prayer is about here. It is 100% about God's sovereignty. And so let's look at it and see some of the things that David, uh, David I keep wanting to say David, Daniel adds to this. So when you look at this, you know, he starts out and he says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever in whom belong wisdom and might. You know, what he's saying is God is the one who knows everything. God is the one who is all powerful. So he is all knowing and he is all powerful. And that's all in himself. We don't add anything to that. We can't take anything away from that. God is all knowing and all powerful. Now notice here in his sovereignty, God changes times and seasons. So we are coming into a season, a time of significant change. And what Daniel is saying here is that even though God didn't send COVID-19, even though it wasn't God's judgment on the world, and I absolutely believe that, uh, and I would believe that anybody said otherwise is an error, at the same time, COVID-19 doesn't threaten the sovereignty of God, so he is able to take COVID-19 in all of its sinful origins and in all the ways that Satan tries to magnify fear and anxiety around it and create divisions and disunity uh, and flare-ups in our world today as we're seeing. In spite of all of that, God is still in charge, and so he can use that to bring the world into a new time or a new season. And that's exactly what God's doing right now. So as we go into change, where this applies to us is that we can go in knowing that uh, even though we don't understand how things are changing, even though we don't see the time that we're in now fully, because times and seasons often aren't recognized until after they have occurred or until you're in them 100%, even though we don't see it, God does. And so we rest In the sovereignty of God, we trust in God and God's sovereignty. Then he goes on, says He removes kings and sets up kings. In other words, uh, no matter who's in charge of our governments, God is overall. Now, at the end of the day, God is the one who, uh, if you will, is in charge of the governments of the world. So, no matter what. Uh, President Trump does, no matter what uh, Boris Johnson does, uh, no matter what Vladimir Putin does, no matter what uh, Xi Jinping does, God is still in charge. And the governments of this world don't threaten God. And the governments of this world can't mess up God because ultimately God's in charge of all of that. Now he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So the other dynamic here is we're thinking about the scientists, for example. Do you know all of their knowledge, the source of all that scientific knowledge is God? Uh, There's a way that we've said that for years in Christian circles. We'll say all truth is God's truth. And that's the truth. Uh, It all belongs to God. Uh, And so uh, even though we don't know how to get through things, God does. Even though we may not have the wisdom to navigate the chaos in the economy, God does. Even though we might not know exactly how to get a a vaccine for the virus, God does. And so we need to be seeking God for those decisions in our lives because all the wisdom and all the knowledge that we need comes from God. And it comes from God because God's sovereign. And so we press in. Uh, to to see God. And then notice, he reveals deep and hidden things. There are things going on right now in our world that we don't see, but God is going to reveal them. Uh, There's a depth of understanding about what God is doing in the economy, what God is doing in the global church, uh, and any number of other issues. Uh, There's a depth of understanding there that God has that He will bring out and reveal to us as we press into Him, as we seek Him. And so, uh, God is the one who knows all the deep and hidden things. There's no conspiracy going on in the world that God doesn't know about. Uh, There's no problem in the world that God doesn't know about. Uh, And He can reveal the deep and the hidden things uh, that goes goes, uh, along with those things. It says, He knows... What is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. In other words, you you, you might look at your future right now and you might be saying, you know, my future really looks dark. Uh, You know, I don't don't know. I don't see the future. I don't see where I'm going to go. I'm in a cloud. I'm in a cave. I'm in other darkness, uh, almost in despair. Uh, But let me tell you, God knows what's on the other side of that darkness. And God is also the source of light in the darkness because he's sovereign. So out of his sovereignty, he knows, even though we don't see because of the darkness, he sees. And even though we don't see because of the darkness, he has the ability to illuminate the darkness if we will seek him, if we will come to him, Uh, He will be able to tell us because He knows. Now, sometimes He doesn't. He doesn't want to tell us. um, And uh, and that's perfectly okay because we need to trust His sovereignty. And if God told us everything, we would no longer have faith in Him. We would no longer trust Him as the sovereign God of the universe. Uh, And so that's absolutely key that we understand this. The light dwells with Him. So God is sovereign. He knows the changing times and seasons. He knows the whims of governments. He knows the source of wisdom. He's the source of knowledge. He illuminates the darkness. He reveals the deep and hidden things. All of these are his because he is God. So what do we do? How do we live in light of that? We do what Daniel did. Look at this. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. We need to focus giving God thanks and praise. I love singing songs like we've been singing tonight about the sovereignty of God and we'll sing more songs about that because as we sing about God's sovereignty, the fact that God is in control, God is in charge, as we praise him for his greatness, as we acknowledge who he really is, as we thank him for the blessings that He's given us. Uh, I've gone through so many dark times in my life. And let me tell you, one of the key things for me getting through the times of darkness has been thanking God for the times that God brought me through in the past. You know, I've gone through some protracted periods of real struggle uh, and real suffering and wondering, okay, God, where in the world are you in the midst of all of this? And the thing that got me through it is looking back and giving God thanks for the other times that God brought me through the darkness. And many times, the darkness of the past was less than the darkness of the present. But the darkness of the past built my faith in the sovereignty of God so that I could trust him to go through the darkness of the present and even into the future. I mean, right now, you, you look at things with City Temple, and uh, uh, and from many, for many standpoints, um, things could look kind of bleak for us as a church. I mean, we've lost most of our revenue, except for giving from church members uh, and things like community rents. Um, we are Still not solid into the redevelopment uh, situation, so, uh, so we don't know a definite outcome for all of that. We're pretty confident that in terms of uh, hiring out rooms for meetings and events, uh, that that uh, market, if you will, or that revenue from that is probably going to be next to nothing for at least two years. Uh, so, we, you know, I look at all that stuff and I, and I think, and we're not a big church in terms of numbers, uh, and we've got handicaps in our building and things like that, and you can look at that and think, okay, well, why don't we just all roll over and die, you know? Let's disband the church, have a great party, you know, but no, uh, how can I go through that with complete calm and absolute assurance because I know that God is sovereign, Even though my home, my livelihood, my family, because here at City Temple, you guys are my family, uh, everything that I have right now, if you will, in my life is centered on this church, this reality. Even though that's the case, I'm not at all worried because I know that God is sovereign. And I know that God has a tendency to do things uh, that are beyond my imagination. Like bring me from St. Louis to London. Uh, and it's extraordinary what God does. And I've seen it time after time after time in my life. Um, and I'm getting to that age where the times in the past that I see it might even be greater than the times in the future that I see it. I don't know. I'm not that old, but you know, sometimes I feel like it because I look at all these young people around me. And you know, and, and and there's a part of me, you know, that this is a bunny trail. But there's a part of me that you know secretly has always wanted to be the 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 old uh, uh, the old what I, I want to say the old fart but uh, uh, maybe that's the case you know <laughs> yeah hey, you young people turn that music down it's just way too loud you know when I was in school I walked three miles uphill both ways in the snow in the summertime so just be thankful for you know you know I'm tempted to do that but I, I don't uh, but I, I, the point is, I, I could see so much in my life, God's sovereignty. And so what do we do? We praise him and we thank him and then we seek him for his wisdom and understanding. Because the really cool thing about God, it's not like a lot of gods that people worship. There's a lot of gods out there that are like mysterious, you know, and you don't, you don't know anything from God and he doesn't tell you anything because he's God. Uh, And all this, you know, unlike him, our God is a personal God. He's not only sovereign, but he is with us right now. And so as we trust in his sovereignty, praising him and thanking him and seeking him, he will speak to us and he might not tell you what the future is. He might not tell you all the change you're going to go through But he can assure you that he's with you as you go through that change. He can assure you that he knows the future. And he's firmly a hold of tomorrow. And he's firmly a hold of your life in the midst of that. And he's certainly firmly a hold here of City Temple. You know, I've often said God did quite well with City Temple for about 375 years without me he can probably do quite well without me in the future because he's sovereign. And my faith, like that of Samuel Rutherford, rests on the bed of God's sovereignty. And I pray that yours will too because that's how we prepare for change. Trust God's sovereignty. Let's pray. Gracious God, we love you and we honor you and we worship you. And we thank you that you are the sovereign Lord of the universe. You are in charge of this world. That even though Adam disobeyed you and sinned, Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, that did not thwart your sovereignty. You had already prepared a way in the cross to undo all that sin had done. And to provide for a future where peace and justice and righteousness reigns in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we know all of that is much greater than the present sufferings we're going through and the present struggles we have. And so we, as your people, say to you today, we rest in your sovereignty. Our prayers are to you based on your sovereignty. We seek you for wisdom We seek you for understanding, but most of all, we trust you and praise you and thank you for being our God and for redeeming us through the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross. We love you and praise you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we do all this in Jesus' name. Amen.